Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I heard there's a dark winter coming. Not on this here range, there isn't. It's high noon for Tuesday, the 27th of October. In the year 2020, still. Guys, uh, just off topic at the beginning. Please, if you are listening to the show, follow at uh, Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. I was kicked off Twitter. And I'll explain that in one second. But also, so... The uh, the maskies are getting desperate and angry and I'm getting trolled more than often than usual. And some of these people are going and doing uh, rating bombs on my podcast, which is where you like go and downrate someone and give them a one for no reason. So please, I'm asking all of you to take the less than 30 seconds of your day and click over to the show and rate it on iTunes, please. If you could give me five stars, that would be amazing. That stuff may end up being important down the line and it helps the show quite a lot. And there's such a small percentage of people who have actually done that compared to the number of people who are listening. So I would love, please, if you could to help me cause that rating to rise and provide some defense against these silly attackers. It's that O'Toole gang. They're circling the wagons. Anyway, um, so yeah, I did get off. I got kicked off uh, Twitter over the weekend. A uh, guy named Stephen Miller, who goes by at Red Steez on Twitter, was in a back and forth with some uh, extraordinarily rotund uh, country singer with his pronouns in his profile and he was trying to clown 
this Stephen Miller guy, not the one in the White House, by the way, not that guy. Um, he was trying to clown Stephen Miller by making fun of him for saying that coyotes, you know, from the debate were human smugglers. And this guy was like really challenging him. And I, I wrote back, I was like, wow, so you're kind of retarded, huh? And then I said, uh, it's unbelievable for you to be so arrogant while claiming something so provably, blatantly, obviously wrong. It's hysterical. That is, that is the tweet that got me removed. They called it hateful conduct, right? And I mean, obviously, that's not hateful conduct. Retarded is a word that some people might not like. But nonetheless, it's one of those words that if we are going to have free speech, some of us need to stand up and say, no, there's no way that that's going to go back to someone who is mentally disabled. And there's no one possible in the world that could mean that that could think that when people like me say that what I'm doing is hurtful to mentally disabled people. It doesn't mean it doesn't even make sense. So, you know, Instagram has this uh, like completely fake policy where you can challenge their ruling, their suspension and try to get your account restored. And so, of course, I did that and they're not going to respond before the election. There is no way in hell. I cannot imagine. But I wrote them, you know, I read what their description of the suspension was. They called it hateful conduct. And, you know, it, it lists some protected classes and then it says the mentally disabled. And so if me saying retarded is hateful toward a mentally disabled person, then I'm not the one calling a mentally disabled person retarded. They are. I called a stupid country singer retarded. A person who's not mentally disabled by any uh, definition in the DSM. I mean, these days it's totally possible that he actually is. But so, so, so Twitter is connecting those words, not me, because I would never call a mentally disabled person retarded. See how that works? So they're pretending to protect someone by deciding that that word said by other people about people who are not mentally disabled is hurtful to the mentally disabled. And you see, that makes no sense because when we use it the way we're using it, it strips the word of its meaning. All right, moving on. Please, by the way, I'll say it one more time. Please go rate. And if you have the extra 18 seconds, leave a review. I promise the entire process will take you under a minute and it will help me very much. Um, moving on. So Amy Coney Barrett was officially sworn in to the Supreme Court. Last night, she is now Justice Amy Coney Barrett. 
otherwise known as the notorious ACB. And thank goodness. People are looking ahead at certain decisions. And one of the things that the Democrats were protesting so hard about the Supreme Court was that with eight members, Chief Justice Roberts just had to vote with the Democrats, which he often does. In fact, he just did this a week ago, less than a week ago, to allow additional voter fraud opportunities in Pennsylvania. Justice Roberts votes with the Democrats on virtually everything that the Democrats really care about. And by Democrats, the fact is that the justices on the left in the Supreme Court act like Democrats. They don't act like Supreme Court justices. You know, and someone brought up yesterday to me, she said, I just don't trust that she can leave her personal feelings aside. And of course, I, I mean, at least I assume she was referring to Amy Coney Barrett's religion. And that is an awfully tough claim for someone on the left to make because they literally, you know, appoint judges specifically to enact policy. So not only is that a decision influenced by their personal opinion, it's influenced by their political affiliation and unsupportable in principle. That is why Democrats are scared about like the uh, Affordable Care Act being overturned and Roe versus Wade being overturned. The reason they're scared is because those decisions are extra constitutional. And the Supreme Court could hear the right case and strike those extra constitutional decisions from the record. They could strike that down. That's why Democrats are worried. If the decisions were constitutional, then they could be constitutionally upheld through challenges. But those are extremely weak decisions. And it's not because the majority of the country wants the other thing. It's not because of that at all. That's not what the Supreme Court is there to do. The Supreme Court is there to weigh laws against the Constitution. So no one on the left can say they're worried about Amy Coney Barrett's religion influencing her point of view when the people who sit on their side of the court are there specifically to enact policy. That's why Amy Coney Barrett doesn't answer in her Senate hearings her opinions on specific cases, because that will take away her objectivity once she reaches the court, which she has now done. They're not supposed to comment on how they'd rule one way or another.
They're not supposed to give their opinions because that muddies the process. Cases should not go before the court knowing which justice will vote which way all the time unless they are strict constitutionalists, which means they are doing their jobs correctly by deciding law based on the Constitution. Now, in reaction to all this, Democrats and the media have freaked out. The media keep uh, propagating the notion that this was done, this confirmation was done in record time. Now, not only is that not true, because Supreme Court justices have been confirmed on the same day they were nominated. There is a justice on the Supreme Court right now who was confirmed faster than Amy Coney Barrett was. John Roberts was confirmed in 23 days. Okay? Now, some of this stuff is going to matter because the Democrats keep talking about challenging every bit of the election. And each day, something new comes out about their attempts here and there at voter fraud. Luckily, Trump has been talking about it at the rallies, talking about each instance, and he knows, and they're putting the proper protections in place. In the next few days, there is likely to be a Supreme Court case about Pennsylvania's appellate court decision to make it so that Philadelphia could disallow poll watchers. Now, Philadelphia is one of the most corrupt voting places in the country, if not the most corrupt. Every year, year after year, it happens. They find all sorts of different ways to do it. And now they're saying that they're not going to allow poll watchers. That doesn't make any sense. And hopefully that'll be struck down. And thank goodness that Amy Coney Barrett has been confirmed and sworn in. And people are like, she shouldn't rule on any of these things. Yes. Yes, she should. So also in response, the squad, AOC and Ayanna Presley and Ilhan Omar and God damn it, I'm forgetting her. And I always remember this one. It'll come back to me or it won't because the truth is it doesn't matter. Hopefully they will all be voted out right now. But they were out there saying that they would pack the court. And anything short of that would be unacceptable. Joe Biden, who refused to give an answer on whether or not he would pack the court, has now said that what he wants to do is rotate out Supreme Court justices and appoint them into lower courts, rotating in leftist justices. And, you know, I said a couple of months ago on the podcast, or maybe, I, I guess it wasn't a couple of months ago, maybe five, six weeks ago, that I believed Joe Biden would wait until after Barrett was confirmed 
And then he would say, yes, he will pack the courts. And then it'll also be a lie then because it would likely be too disruptive for the country. I mean, like, I think that we still have shutoff points somewhere. But so he makes this announcement to try to appease the far left who want to pack the court. And he tried to do it in a way that wouldn't offend those in the middle who might vote for him and the potential crossover Republicans, which, I mean, let's face it, they're Democrats now. So he tried to find like this perfect middle ground. And what they're going to try to do is convince the leftists that the rotating court is basically the same. And so they can, they should chill out, right? Because they can't afford to be seen as not doing enough for them. The only reason this move is happening is to convince them to go out and vote. But then, you know, the middle people who would have been offended by Joe coming out and saying he would pack the court, which is why he declined to do it for the last three weeks or four weeks. Those people would have run for the hills. And Joe Biden would, you know, he refused to say he wouldn't do that. Now, what Joe Biden could have done is just say, well, you know, there are a few different options to uh, even things out. And one of them is is rotating justices between the Supreme Court and lower courts, which, by the way, is sketchy at best on its constitutionality. But he could have made an argument for that that would have made those people in the middle think that he was, you know, being reasonable, thinking about, you know, what options there would be that wouldn't make the country go crazy. And they would have been able to find a way to justify that for themselves. But instead, Joe waited, letting them all know subconsciously that he clearly wants to say yes or he would have just said no. So he scared all them off and now he makes this little half-assed statement trying to find this perfect middle that's going to drum up leftist support without pushing away the rest of the middle. So he's going to lose both and in the meantime, he made himself look even more untrustworthy. It's like a catch-23, a catch-22 with three bad options, and you got all of them. That is incompetence, and not just on Joe Biden's part, because obviously he's not making any of these decisions at all. It's incompetence on Biden's part, Kamala's part, Nancy's part, Chuck's part, and then all these governors that are in their little team of corrupt people. None of them stepped up and spoke out against packing the court. And clearly none of them expressed that the handling of this might be a problem for the Biden campaign. Either that or one did, and their leadership is not at all respected. So this is a, a 
system-wide failure and proof of incompetence once again. And, you know, I said back in the On Theorism episode, I was like, you know, it's one thing to think Donald Trump is stupid because of the way he talks or the fact that he has a hard time explaining himself to certain kinds of people, right? Because someone who can really, really explain themselves can explain themselves to all kinds of people. But he falls short of that a lot. But the fact is, despite that, he keeps winning at the highest level because his approach comes from outside the system. And now once again, he has won and they have handled themselves so incompetently and so cravenly. And by craven, I mean, they don't have the courage of their convictions if they have convictions at all. But they didn't have the courage to stand up and say, this is the position we will take if the Senate acts this way. And why didn't they do that? Because they had zero leverage. Okay. If they had leverage, if they thought they could have won the argument, then they would have made the argument. Instead, they tried to say that what was happening was against the rules. It's not. Harry Reid, Harry Reid and the Democratic Party made this situation possible by blowing up the filibuster for, for judicial nominees. Harry Reid did that. Republicans didn't do it. Harry Reid did it. Harry Reid foreshadowed this moment. Mitch McConnell told him at the time, you will live to regret this. And they did it anyway. And now they have lived to regret it. And good. Okay, moving on. I want you to take a listen to this ad that the Biden campaign released last night. me to wake you and tell you what happened in the election. Who won? Trump. Trump won. But I thought you could only be president two times. Not anymore. Okay, so. At the end of the ad, the words come up. First, it says, stop him. And then it fades in with, or it will never stop. Okay. So I'm going to describe the visual for you there. You guys can go find this. Uh, I bet the ad is called 12 more years. I'm just guessing. Okay. I really don't know, but I would, I feel like I would be willing to bet a reasonable amount of money on. So this sad looking woman who looks like she lives in a suburban home may or may not be a single mother. She walks in to her child's room. The child looks to be maybe eight to 10 years old, I would say. 
She bends down over his bed and wakes him up and she says, I know you wanted me to wake you and tell you who won the election. To the eight-year-old or 10-year-old or whatever it is. First off, if you are eight or 10 years old and you have an emotional stake in the election, your parents are abusive. They are transporting their mania around with them and then feeding it into their child. That's emotional abuse. And the number of Biden voters who are, you know, late Gen X or early millennial, like people who are, you know, my age or a few years younger, who are parents, are doing this to their children and have done it for the last five years. They're emotionally damaging their children. Eight-year-olds do not need to know about politics. And your job as a parent is not to scare them that if Trump gets elected, the whole world is going to end. Your job is to make sure that they become people who know that no matter what happens and what situations the world presents, there are people around them who love them and that things will be okay. So first off, what they're, the, the, the ad, I don't know who they're trying to reach here. I guess stupid suburban white ladies like they don't have that block sewn up like if you ordered a pumpkin spice latte this month you already voted for Biden so that part is crazy because to everyone else that they could be targeting this ad is going to look utterly insane But wait, there's more. So she very cleverly says, or the the child says, after she tells him Trump won. And by the way, it can't be a him. I mean, I'm now misgendering him because if he's that woman's kid, he does not have a gender. Or perhaps he's already trans. Not that there's anything wrong with that, unless you're eight. But so he asks, I thought you could only be president for eight years. And then she says, not anymore. (laughs) I'm so scared. They're going to round me up. They're, They're taking away everybody's jobs with their suppression of speech. They're canceling people. They're out in the streets. They're burning people's businesses down. They're threatening people inside their homes, even in the suburbs. They're trying to take over the entire government so that they can enforce their will on everyone. They're building projects next to our house. Like, I can barely afford to keep the lights on. Thank God they're sending me universal basic income or I wouldn't be able to live anymore. They took my job away during the pandemic and never gave it back. 
And none of us have had fun in 12 years. Oh, wait. Fuck. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Trump, the, the Trump side would never do that. The Democrats did. And when did they do it? Not in 2024. They did it in 2020. And, and amusingly enough, Trump has never even tried to limit someone's freedom. Well, I'll be damned. But sure, okay, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might want to still run again in four more years. Except for the fact that he says he doesn't. But yeah, he could. He could. That We should all be scared of that. And you know how we should be scared of it? And you know how we should know it's true? Because he has this massive rally full of people chanting 12 more years, 12 more years, 12 more years. And somehow the Democrats think their voters are so fucking stupid that they'll believe all those people were serious. And of course, all those people are not serious. And you will know my name is the Lord. No. And you will know that they're not serious simply by watching the rally. Or even just pull up that little clip on YouTube. Find, you know, search Trump rally 12 more years. And I'm sure, I'm sure it'll come up. If you can't find it there, you can definitely find it on Twitter. But not only are they assuming that their voters are so stupid that they will believe Trump really wants to stay 12 more years. They're also showing everybody, including their own voters, that Trump has massive crowds at his rallies who are participating in his jokes, which means they're happy and with people and out there. And there's so many more of them when you look at the Biden and Harris events and no one shows up. That's why these people are getting more and more angry, more and more desperate. And it's hard to blame them because they have centered their entire lives around constructing the society in the way that benefits them and their self-image. And they are watching that decades-long project come to its justified end. Now, I want to mention one last thing before I go on the uh, reasonable tip. So I was telling you guys yesterday about that guy, Lou Day. Uh, he probably has a more official name, but that's what he is on Parlor. This is the Chinese dissident who has been dropping information from Hunter Biden related hard drives that he has. And these are uh, Chinese Communist Party owned files, which basically all of this 
is there to be extortionary against Hunter and Joe Biden. That's why they have it. Okay. That's why the Chinese do things like this. That's why they do the spying, all of it. Okay. They have compromising information on a hell of a lot of people. And Joe and Hunter Biden are two of them. But Lou Day spent most of yesterday releasing uh, just more random sex tapes. And I'll tell you what, Hunter is pretty happy about filming himself with a whole multitude of girls. I guess this is his thing. And I guess maybe the women think that it's harmless because it would do more damage to him than them. And maybe they're right about that, but, uh, man, he's got a thing for it. And some of them look like they're like hidden camera type of things, which also means it could just be Chinese surveillance. But anyway, his, uh, his posts yesterday were a whole lot of nothing, more or less. We already know that Hunter Biden has been in plenty of sexually, compromising situations, you know, and on film, video and photographs. But that was that was obvious last week. You know, there was already pictures. There were already pictures of him coming out. In sexually compromised positions, so getting a whole wave of that only leads me to believe that maybe they don't have that much. They keep hinting about stuff with uh, a Biden Obama deal, and I'm talking Hunter, Joe, and Obama, and the Chinese Communist Party. And if that thing gets proven, then that is that jumps to number one probably on the greatest scandal in American history. It might even be ahead of them trying to spy on Trump's campaign. But, uh, wow. Yeah, so now I am... You know, when I'm viewing information, I have different confidence levels in it. And I think you can probably hear me in the way I talk about things where I'm expressing different levels of confidence in different information. Like there's some stuff that I'm just like, that is total bullshit. That's like actually logically impossible. I don't believe that. And then there's stuff where I'm like, okay, well, I suppose that could have happened, but that sounds extraordinarily unlikely. And so while I'm going to keep my mind open to it as more information might emerge. I'm going to keep that to the side and I'm not going to talk about that. And I'm not going to let that enter the narrative. Right. And then there's information like this Lude stuff where I have no doubt about the authenticity of it. But if you're telling me that it's more than you're delivering, I no longer trust you. Okay. If you keep hyping something up, and you don't deliver the goods, that means the goods don't exist. And so if he continues doing this, it's probably time to ignore it. And then, you know, obviously there's there's stories, you know, stories that enter the mainstream agenda should be looked at the same, by the way, in this current state of media. And then there's stuff that is rooted. You can actually connect it to reality, to how reality works, And you have real evidence where there's nothing else that you need to believe to believe this new thing. You like you already have proven all the stuff beneath it. Right. And so that's how like I try to differentiate things. And uh, and yeah, so I recommended 
you guys look at Luday yesterday. I'm not taking that recommendation away, but I am saying that if nothing bigger comes out, then he probably has nothing bigger and we need to stop listening while we keep our eyes open to the evidence that he presents. We need to stop listening to his narrative because his narrative is overhyped and underdelivered right now. So that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more hopes fall. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and parlor at I'm your moderator. Soon I'll be up on rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack. I'm your moderator.substack.com where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching be reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!